my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is that it is okay to be a late bloomer. Sometimes, taking time to try lots of different things can teach you what you really like, so that you'll want to spend lots of time on whatever you do wind up pursuing, because you like it for its own sake. Today's tip comes from Before Breakfast producer Lowell Berlanti, who hosts a new podcast called Prodigy, which is all about skill acquisition. There are different theories on how people become really good at anything, Lowell tells me. One example is Laszlo Polgar, a Hungarian educational psychologist who believed that talent was irrelevant for mastery. Instead, he decided the determining factor was early, specialized education. And he set out to prove this with his own children. Laszlo and his wife had three daughters, Susan, Sophia, and Judith. Collectively known as the Polgar sisters, they ended up smashing the long-standing gender barrier that existed in competitive chess. Susan was the first woman to become a grandmaster and was ranked in the top three for 23 years. Sophia once played in a tournament in Rome and delivered one of the greatest performances ever recorded, what's now referred to in chess circles as the sack of Rome. And the younger sister, Judith, became the strongest female chess player of all time. Laszlo had some keen insights. He initially got his daughters interested in chess by ignoring the competitive aspect and instead telling them it was like a fairy tale. The king and queen lived in a fortress and were protected by the knights. He then taught them chess and kept their interest by breaking it down into smaller games. For example, they played what they called pawn wars, using only pawns. Gamifying can be an effective education method. We learn quicker and can focus longer when the training is fun. So was Laszlo on to something? Certainly, his daughters excelled. So, should you, likewise, encourage your children to specialize as early as possible? Well, as the Prodigy podcast explores, the simple answer is probably not. Anecdotes are interesting, and these chess-playing sisters are certainly very interesting. But really, you are more likely to create resentment with this approach. While early specialization does correlate with early accelerated performance, it does not correlate with elite performance as an adult. A study 
of Olympic and national-level athletes showed that the Olympic-level performers spent more time exploring various other activities when compared with their national-level counterparts. And there are probably various reasons for this. But one idea is that early adopters suffer from burnout or injury, while late bloomers spend more time figuring out exactly what interests them. When they do find this passion, they're a better match, and they learn rapidly. Also, the combined variation of experiences may provide a more rounded ability. So while you will probably score some victories on the youth chess circuit with early focused chess lessons, if you're interested in long-term success, in most cases, we are better off introducing children to a wide range of activities. Whichever ones they seem most interested in, provide them with resources and encouragement. And whenever you can, praise the effort instead of the achievement. This will reinforce the value of hard work and patience, which, honestly, are what lead to success in most areas. The Pulgar sisters all tend to agree that Judith, who is really the strongest of them, was the one who worked the hardest. Later on, after interest is determined in a domain, discipline becomes more important. The most efficient method of improving is something known as deliberate practice. This is practice that is specifically designed to improve skills. A golfer, for instance, might record herself on the driving range with the goal of improving accuracy. She would then review the footage with a coach and receive feedback. This will improve performance more than just playing another round. A basketball player learning to dunk might spend time doing the deadlifts and back squats that would increase his power-to-body-weight ratio and give him the ability to jump higher. In any case, any time you start practicing hard, you will improve. But most people won't practice hard long-term when they are not really excited by something. Parents can force kids to practice for a while, but not forever and not with the wholeheartedness that comes from being intrinsically motivated to improve. So, it is okay to be a late bloomer. Try lots of things, and when you do find your passion, then you can tuck in and be fully motivated to soar. To learn more about the study of skill acquisition and expert performance, check out Lowell's new podcast, Prodigy. In the meantime... This is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, yeah. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.